I'll say that one more time. I am a soldier. Who will stand with me? Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 39. But I say to you, but I say to you, do not resist evil. Whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek, turn to him also, the other also. If any man will take thee at the law, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever compel thee to go a mile, go with him, twain. Give him that asketh of thee. From, from him that would borrow of thee, turn not away. This is a normal response to a believer, and I think it's something we should all be growing into this place. But the reason I showed the video that we are a soldier is that there is a time for us to be a warrior. There's never a time for us to be a wimp. And we live in such a time that I think the warriors have become so rare. Contrary to what you think, a believer must be willing to face a challenge. I'm not saying there's not a time that we don't turn the cheek, we don't look the other way, we don't forgive freely. But there's time that we have to stand for what is right. We have to stand up when everybody else is bowing down. Whether it's in churches or in the public. But if the church continues to bow down and, and just accept whatever's going on, then there'll be no standard on which anybody can compare anything to. But you are a standard to compare in many people's lives. And I don't care who you are, if you come to church here and they know you go to church, there is a standard that you're holding up whether you do or not. There's a standard that's expected out of you. I like you to go to Book of Psalms 137. Seven. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and we wept. And there we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows by, in the midst thereof. For they, they had carried us away captive and required of us a song. And I'm going to stop there for just a second. We hang up our harps, and so many times believers have hung up their harps. If not continued in their walk, in their journey, in their battle, if you will, because the things that have happened is, is so disheartening. I was talking to someone before church, and we're talking about things get hard sometimes, and, and family situations. And, and I said, yeah, they do. Many times, if you don't really learn to separate yourself, they can become part of you. And maybe you are sitting here this morning, and you feel like you have uh, been through enough. You hung up your your harp. It's time to. Too many things. Too many give up on things that require the biggest difference in their life. And many people give up on many things. And this is 
we'll get to my, my gist of this in just a minute, but many give up on things that make the very biggest impact of their life. They give up on their marriage. They give up on their kids, give up on their health, they give up on all these things, and it's easier to give up than it is to continue. This morning when we played this video and I said to you, I'm a warrior or I'm a wimp. How many of you have given up on things and you've, you've allowed somebody else to take responsibility and you're no longer fighting for what is really important in your job, really important in your life, whether it's your job or your health. It's easy to just walk away from things and quit. It is easier. there's enough quitting involved there is no warrior involved there's a there's definitely a wimp i'm going to talk about someone in just a minute i'll go there but in matthew chapter 7 you don't have to go there i'll just go quickly there matthew chapter 7 verse 13 enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be which go into it, because straight is the way, gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life. And few find it. It makes me concerned, and it drives me crazy that we come to church, and, and we often we just come to church because it's expected, but... Hopefully this morning you'll realize you're a little bit more than what's expected. There's something about God and something about when he calls us, that he, that he calls us and separates us and doesn't make us better and doesn't elevate our, our ego. And We don't think that we need to, we don't need to have our elevated thinking. But there was something about a relationship with God. There's something about a relationship with Christ. There's something about totally freeing yourself from all the things that you want to quit and all the things that burden you. Isn't there? Narrow. Narrow's more difficult. It's not an easy way. And following Christ, and, and I will tell you this, we have, a, we have a variety of people that come here, but, but when you come, I don't want you just to feel comfortable that I feel better about myself. I said this before, and I say this ever so often, but we can fall into a trap of thinking that I feel better about myself because I'm in church, and, and that's great and wonderful, but it's not all there is. It's not just about feeling wonderful and great. A warrior is someone who can deal with things when life gets hard and gets hectic and gets very frustrating, and they're willing to, to battle it out. And find a way through this thing and make, through, to make this thing happen in their life. Uh, how many times in, in my life and in your life, but in mine especially, my wife and I have talked about certain battles that come up. And I, I shared last week about some things that she sees in the gap. And she, about um, elevating or, or waking up your faith and, and waking it up. And it's, it's so important that there's somebody in the house that's keeping the faith alive. And even when you don't seem like there's hope, you still keep believing Do you battle for anything? 
Do you battle for anything in your life? I'm going to pick on the Facebook thing again. Is Facebook bad? No. How many followers do we have? How many likes do we get on certain photos? We feel validated when we get certain likes and, and then, in essence, that's, that's a reward. There was a guy in the Old Testament, and we'll go into just a second, and nothing went right in his life. And I think he really questioned it. He wondered why it wasn't going right, but he was angry all the time. And Go back. And many there be which will go thereat. There is something about following the following the crowd and, and even in church itself you can follow a crowd and you can become so engulfed in, in the crowd that you never really sit and discern things yourself. Uh, um, this morning I really want you to, to buckle down and, and understand that your, your impact is huge but there is a great price to pay. And for a warrior, for a person to ever become a warrior, you are someone who deals with things. You don't quit. You deal with things. And you continue to deal with things. And you seek God's face and you seek his word to give you clarity in it. And many times, it doesn't come in a short period of time. I think that's the reason there's not a lot of warriors. They're not willing to stay in the, stay in the gap when everything gets difficult. Go to Jonah, if you will. Jonah chapter 1, verse 15. How do you battle things in your life? How do you battle things? You, you take a pill, is that how you battle things? You take a drink, is that how you battle things? You get on the phone, you start talking about other people and, and other issues, and is that how you battle? I can tell you from experience the way you battle was different. And maybe a little bit different for all of us, but there are times in your life when you're in the battle that you don't talk to anybody, but you get alone, you talk to God. It may be driving down the road, it may be out on your tractor, it may be doing whatever, but your mind is focused on one decision, and you're turning your, your children over to the Lord because you don't understand the things. You're turning your family over to the Lord with health issues because you don't understand it. But you're the one seeking on their behalf, and you're the one battling on their behalf, even though they're unaware of it. And Jonah was someone who was rather spoiled. Verse 15, chapter 1. So they took up Jonah and they cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. How would you like to have been Jonah? How would you like to have been the one who cast, was cast overboard? And you're wondering, about this time, I don't know if it went through his mind, but it probably did. When he's out there bobbing, bobbing until the fish came and consumed him. He's out there bobbing, well, I've got myself into this. I should have listened to the Lord in the first place. And I wonder if how many other prophets or how many other men of God have get thrown overboard into the sea. How many other people at church is going through things that I've been through and probably a whole lot?
Have you ever been there? You ever been thrown overboard? Things you didn't expect, things you don't anticipate. Your marriage wasn't quite as, as sweet and, and as sweet as honey as you thought it should be. And you've been married for, for three years now and, and she's not as sweet as she used to be and he's not as attentive as he used to be. How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with it? The first thing you do, you don't quit. First thing you do, you don't quit. That's not the first option of every problem you ever have. You don't quit. I had a man, I had a gentleman call me yesterday. He was talking about all his life issues. I said, let me, let me tell you something. You have multiple kids. That should be your priority. It's not about how many women you have and how many women are attracted to you or who you're attracted to and who you have with you that makes you feel complete. It's that you're attentive to your children. First, he's the one to take care of his problems, but he does, he's not willing to do what it takes to take care of his problems. Wasn't what he was probably looking for, but it's what he got. You know, Jonah, it wasn't what he expected. It wasn't not very pleasant at all. He wasn't comfortable. I don't think he was comfortable in that fish, and, and I don't think he enjoyed the smell at all, because we know we complain if we could consider it. If we had Jonah here this morning, ask him to begin, to begin to complain. He could tell us a whole list of things. There were other prophets that would have been willing to go, but why him? Why, why was he the one that had to go through all this and be thrown overboard, swallowed by fish, and get slimy and stay in his stomach? And, and then, until he came to a place of some repentance, acknowledging who God was and, and God's authority, then God allowed the fish to go and puke him out. But you know what was great about that whole situation? You may be like Jonah. You know, some things you don't understand, and instead of you doing anything good about it, you're nothing but complaining. The compulsive complaining, complaining, negative, and there's always, there's always a bad side to this thing that's taking place. This is what I wrote down. The stage was set for great personal growth, but he still didn't get it. Still didn't get it. He only needed to show up. Instead of battling, he, re, he, re, he remained true to his form before. In chapter 2, in chapter 3, in chapter 4, he resulted in the pouting. He was like a baby. His focus was all upon him. Jonah verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city and he sat on the east side and there made himself a booth and he sat under, under the in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. It's amazing what happens. Let me give you an illustration. If you were someone in that time and, and, and maybe God gave you an opportunity to go and speak to a nation and instead of going outside and sitting and watching with reluctance, wanting to see judgment come upon them, like him, would you know what to see the good things come? I just thought about his whole demeanor and everything about him was on the negative side. A wimp watches, a warrior battles. He had a great opportunity, and his count, but his countenance was, was anything but demeanored. Of everything that it was, there wasn't anything about his countenance to show that he was excited about what was happening, that people were coming to a place of repentance. 
misdirected he was. Second Samuel. Oh, first Samuel. We end in second. I've spoken about David so many times, but hopefully we can take something about him. When in your life, would you consider yourself a, a warrior? Would you consider yourself a wimp? You consider yourself a warrior by the battles you've been through. And, and a wimp is someone who avoids every battle and everything that's ever been there. He's always cast blame upon everyone else. But David was totally opposite of, of Jonah. David was somebody who was totally, totally engaged in everything that was going on around him. Chapter 17. Verse 34, and David said to Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after it and smote it and I delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and I smote him and I slew him. The servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. There was something about David that was a natural warrior. Now he was out on the outside of this family's farm or whatever, taking care of sheep. And you learn how to deal with things whenever it came, anything come against them. And you learn how to deal with things regardless of what it was. How are you ever gonna learn to become a warrior if you wanna quit? Or you become a warrior if you wanna depend on somebody else to do, direct you in it? Does that make any sense? So many times we, we go through this life and we feel like we're the victim all the time. But in all reality, we've been getting oppor given opportunities for something to change. And we re refrain from enjoying, or take, maybe not enjoying, but taking on the responsibility to engage it and we avoid it. <clears throat> I don't mean to come across in a way that I'm beating anybody up. But it concerns me when we have been in church for so many years and we haven't learned how to battle. I'm not a fighter physically. I wanted to tell you that. She keeps me straight in a lot of ways. But David was different. If there's anything about David we need to learn, we need to look at, look at things the way David did. David was to face a giant. David felt compelled to face the giant. An opportunity was set before him with, with this giant that was there that it wasn't given to every, well, matter of fact, it was given to everybody else. But nobody else took the, the opportunity that was there before them and he became the warrior that he was because of, he simply took the task at hand. David felt compelled to, to face the giant. This event set his life on course for all of Israel. Did you know that everything changed in Israel from a, from a battle perspective because of David's personality? Everything about how they believed in themselves and, and how they believed themselves as a nation. You know, he went about 20 years or so not even being a king after this event. He was anointed king before even the event. 
But he began to pursue things that only God could bring about. And he was obedient. Samuel 21. You know, um, sometimes that neither David nor, nor Jonah had this issue. If they did, we don't know about it anyway. Look at a lot of our lives and we wonder why we end up going back around the circle to the same sp- uh, spot, the way we started anyway. Instead of doing a, an about face and going the other direction, we always migrate back to the, to the place we were before. And the reason many times in our life we migrate back like we were before is we don't take serious the events of life and the challenges of life. In 2 Samuel chapter 21. Let me stop here for just a second. David was a huge, his whole army always supported him. He was, it was so in awe of his ability to fight and maneuver and, and dictate and, and know how to do things. But look at verse 15. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war against Israel. And David went down and his servants against him, against, his servants with him, and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. There, there's a lot of speculation about David, but he waxed faint because of things that. It, Either happened to him or he was just getting older in age. His weakness inspired something great in several of the men. Look at verse 16. Part of these words I will not get right. Ishbinab was the son of a giant whose weight of, whose weight of a spear weighed 300 shekels of brass. And wait, and he being girded with this sword, new sword, thought to have slain David. That's reference to the issue before, the scripture before. And Eshbi, the son of Zeruah, secured him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore unto him, Thou shalt no more go out to battle with us, and thou shalt not quench out the light of Israel. And it came to pass that after this there was a battle of the Philistines, Agab and Sabachai, the Hittite, Slew Saf, which was one of the sons of the giants. I'm going to stop here. Every one of these guys would never have become what they should have become if David hadn't been first. They would never have become it. Do you not understand you as a father and you as a mother? You were the leaders of your home. And you may have failed miserably, but isn't it about time that you become something you've never been? Something that you stand in the gap and your kids can look at you with respect and they can look at you with, with great awe that you overcome this. 
I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter what our battle is because we all had it, but it's all up to us on how we become through the situation, through the battle, through the thing that tempts us, through the things that, that scar us. There's something, that, there's something about us that becomes a warrior. God inspired these men to be warriors throughout David's life. And when David was weak, they become great. Maybe you're not a warrior yet, but it's time that you become one. Have you become a warrior or a wimp? Guys, you can come back up. Man, we live in a time where so many people are afraid to Stand in the gap and battle for anything. It'd be easy to speak certain names and ask you, have you learned? What have you learned and what have you failed in? rarely battle things spiritually anymore. You rarely spend time in prayer. You rarely spend time in, in, in the word or listening and constantly being encouraged in the word. And many of us are exactly, stay with me just for a second. Many of us are just exactly like Jonah. Instead of embracing something and taking the challenge and, and doing something, we begin to sulk them because things didn't go our way. We're unwilling, we're un- disobedient. But then there's some of us that you are willing and you are obedient. And you don't look for excuses why not to overcome this and battle this, but you become part of your nature. Years ago, I'll show this, my mom was here this morning. It's good to have my mom and my, my sister, and Gabri and, and Hillary. But one phone call can absolutely ruin your life. Everything that you thought you were, you now aren't. Everything that you thought your life consisted of, it doesn't anymore. And that's exactly where my mom was. 30 years ago. See, that Tuesday morning, my mom was, was at the house. She received a phone call that my dad had been murdered. He'd been at service station we'd had, and a guy come in and robbed him. That one call, listen to me, one call set everything else in motion of what could bad could happen. And even in a bad situation, God can still direct us and you can be a Dave in a situation or you can be a, a Jonah. You can run from it. You can talk about the injustices of it. And you may have things going on in your life now that may seem really unjustified and horrible and unfair and hard to go through and difficult. You know, 
God was not taken by surprise by, by Marvin Hensley being killed that morning. He wasn't surprised. He just, it's happened. He knew it. And knowing your situation, God is not surprised in the situation you're in. Now, some of you are saying, well, there's nothing bad in my life. But others, there's things that's happened. God was never surprised. But it's all in how you respond. You can run from things and you can be cast overboard and you can get swallowed by fish and, and everything can be horrible. It's how you deal with the reality of it. I'd like you to bow your heads with me if you would. songs that we play sometimes it's, this is how I fight my battles and, and that's how we fight all of our battles we, we have things we don't understand we, that's how we battle them is with worship but there are other things in life that you don't feel like worshiping you don't feel like anything regardless of the situation that you're in the Lord expects you to come out of it like a warrior. There was nothing in the life of a, of a Jonah that would that draws him to Christ, that drew him to God. You're one phone call away from something that would change your life. It may be a doctor's call. It may be a doctor's report. It might be financial ruin. It may be uh, who knows what it could be. But I don't, we're all just one phone call away from everything being ruined and taken away. How would we respond? God is speaking this morning. If you listen, if you be attentive, 